And this is the words of Paul the Apostle to the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. If you're not familiar with the Bible, and it's not something perhaps that you, you've read much, um, 1 Corinthians is towards the end. Okay. All right. Let me read this. This is the words of the Apostle Paul to the church. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, and loose-living immoralists. The defeated, the demoralized. Whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Isn't that cool? I became just about every sort of servant there is to help people in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. A number of you would have met um, my friend David Parker. He's, he was the uh, key speaker at our Vineyard National Conference uh, two years ago now. And uh, we had the privilege of having him come and speak here at Coast Vineyard Church afterwards. He's the pastor of Lancaster Vineyard, a church up in the high desert just north of uh, Los Angeles there, just on the... Uh, um, just a bit south of, uh, it's, the, it's at the bottom end of the desert that the Death Valley's in the midst of. It's a pretty interesting place to, uh, to have a church. He's got a wonderful church, a big church. But he took that church over about 20 years ago. And, uh, and it was a church, when he took it over, he, he kind of describes it like it was, uh, it was like a religious country club, really, where people were just coming along and um, just wanting it to be all about them. And they, it's like they paid their dues and the expectations was that the staff was just going to do all these things for them and look after them. And it had been a church that had just sort of got to this place where they'd long since really made any kind of um, impact in their community. It was just a big, um, like a big bless me club. And, um, you know, David came into, the, into this church to lead this church with just such a heart of like... We've got this call, the same as we've just read of Paul. We've got this call to be able to help people into this God-saved life. And uh, he said, God, what are, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And he prayed, and like, God, just show us what it is. Show us what it's going to be that we're, we're supposed to do. And he got this big word from God, this big, incredible, clear word from God. And the word was, just do something. Just do something. Just do anything. That was this word from God. Just do anything. And, um, and the church has since gone on to do all sorts of things and really make a huge impact in that community. Really, it's, um, it's incredible what they do. And you know, just, uh, just impacting and, and uh, being a blessing to just, um, just thousands in their community. I've seen a huge number of people come to, uh, come to find this God-saved life. And Mother Teresa... Uh, who's, you know, organize, uh, religious organization, the Sisters of Charity, who just 
uh, ministered to just hundreds and thousands of people around the world, around the world. But, and people talked to her and said, like, how did, you know, what's, your, what's the secret here? What, what are you doing? How did this all happen? And she said, well, it started with the first person in the streets of Calcutta and on the place that they went to, and there was a man dying on their, on their, like on their front doorstep. And he says, it just started with just looking after this man that was dying right in front of us. It just started with one. Just do something. You know, we, um, as a church here, we've recently celebrated our three-year um, birthday as a church. So we're a relatively young church, but we celebrated, we look back, and we just said, isn't God good? You know? And uh, balloons, poppers... The whole deal, but part of having a birthday is also about looking forward. You know what's happening in the next three years, and we've uh, uh, been praying. And God, you know what? What is it that you've got for us? And He's just saying you, you've been putting it on many of our hearts, and you know the, the leadership team. And it's just that we've got to make sure that we don't forget about reaching. You know, putting a hand out into our community, reaching out. It's like as we've got this hand up towards God. We've got this other hand back towards others as well, you know, bringing, bringing them along. And, and that's what I'm going to talk about a little this morning, is just this whole thing of, of helping people to find God. Um, evangelism is the, uh, the word that most people use for this, the big, the big E word. But, um, so we're going to talk about that a little this morning. But let, I'd like to just pray as we, um, as we start. God, it's just... Uh, it's a cool thing for us all to do is just to, to think back for, for many of us that have come to know you. Think back to that time when we stepped into a God-saved life. And many of us have got stories of just the incredible things that you've done in our life. God, there's, there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness of our sins, God. There is, there is hope of an eternal life. There is the very real love and power that is available to us through your Holy Spirit. Many of us have had been, been miraculously healed, have had miraculous provision, have had things turn around as, as people have prayed, and we've prayed, for, and God, we've just seen you at work, and I was we're so grateful, but it all came back to that point where we chose to step into this God-saved life, God, and it's so good to think back to that. And God, I pray that this morning would be about opening our hearts more than they are now, God, and making room for others. That you would plant in us, again, just a reminder that what, a, what an incredible thing it, it would be to, be a, to play a part with you in helping others to also to step into this God-saved life. So stir our hearts, God. Stir our hearts with the things that are important to you, God, that, that, that people matter, that, that you want to, to know. You want people to come to a place of knowing you and being with you and, and walking with you. And stir our hearts, God, for people that matter to you. Amen. So with this whole thing of seeing others come to know God, and look, you may be here this morning and you may be someone that doesn't know God, and look, we're just so glad that you're here, and um, we really are glad that you're here. And uh, so, but if that's you, you might be thinking, I, I want to find God. Well, we're going to 
be talking about helping people find God. So um, not sure if this will uh, um, work for you this morning. But, um, but just so you know that um, we'd love to talk afterwards and uh, hopefully looking around and seeing people here worshipping God, seeing people just loving what God's doing in their lives. It's an encouragement to you to continue to pursue Him and find Him. But let me just say this whole thing about evangelism, about helping others come to faith. It's about, it's about partnering with God. It's not, it's not about us thinking, like, I've got to do this. I can remember when I first became a Christian about, um, about 16 years old, and after going for church my whole life, but just feeling like I've actually got to do this. I've got to do this. And it's just like, oh, but it's just... I don't, you know, every time I try and talk to people about Jesus, it just doesn't seem to work. And, but it's so important to realize this is not about us. This is about us partnering with God, that God's, God's, God's at work in people's lives. You know, I read, I read in the Scriptures, you know, we've got this responsibility to, to have this handout to invite people into this thing. And it can be daunting until we realize that God's at work, that God's at work. You know, when I speak normally on Sundays, I've got this. I've got paper. I thought, like, I can, I can break into the 21st century here. Eh? I'll bring the little kind of tablet thing here, and there's these lights are reflecting right off it. Eh? And I just, I just, I just keep seeing these lights that are up on the ceiling as I look at that. So, um, so it could get a little interesting as we go, but please bear with me here. So next, it's, it's actually, I think it's actually that one up there, or maybe that one. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to get something and stick it underneath the, um, get a bit of angle. Everyone doing all right? (laughs) Everyone's just looking at me. I think I could help Matt, but I'm not going to. It's just fun watching him just struggle up here. Oh, yes. Ah, all right, we're away. Okay, did anyone, has anyone heard anything so far? Anyone help me out? Where would we, 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 we get up to there? Anyone? No? <laughs> the front row, they were into it. The fact that God is at work in people's lives, you know, whoa. <laughs> um, I find this, uh, you know, find this freeing when I realize this because evangelism had felt like such a burden to me. I can remember I had a friend called Tom that I went through university with. And Tom was a guy that I just thought, like, you know, I really, you know, he's, he's not doing too well in life. And, and um, I would love to be able to help him out, help him find God. And, but I was, you know, I was pretty timid and just like, how am I going to do this? And I was sort of psyching myself up and psyching myself up and uh, unfortunately when you sort of psych yourself up it's like the the first tackle in a rugby game you know it's just like bang and uh, it was like that I remember talking to him and just taking a deep breath and it afterwards I remember thinking it felt like I'd lined this guy up on a wall got out my Uzi and just you know just uh, just hammered him eh? and he just looked like stunned and um, I'm thinking that didn't go that well but (laughs) 
Um, and I just try and learn what is this, what is this like, and what is, how does this work? And it came to this realization that this is not about me. This is about us partnering with God. There's a number of you would have heard of John Wesley, the, the founder of the, um, the Methodist Church. And he uses this term called prevenient grace. There's one you can take away if you drop into conversation at parties. Prevenient grace. And it's this wonderful, freeing doctrine. And let me, let me read what, um, how he describes it. It says that the Holy Spirit goes before the preaching of the gospel, readying individual hearts to hear and to respond. In other words, we don't bring God to anyone. The Holy Spirit operates everywhere to prepare and move people so that they may decide for Christ. And there's this great picture of this. There's a guy called Don Richardson who wrote a book called Eternity in Their Hearts. And um, he did a whole lot of research all around the world where he went. He was a missionary himself, and he went and talked to other missionaries. He found that they, when, when they went out to people groups that had um, never heard of Jesus, that uh, they had stories and uh, in their, in their traditions and in their, in their rituals and in, uh, that, uh, about God. There's, there's one story of a, of a place where uh, missionaries went to, and they were going, we, don't, we, don't, we, know about, we know there's God, but we've just been asking, this, we've been asking God that we don't know to bring people to us that would help us to know who God is, help us to know who he is, help us to understand him better. It's a, it's a very, very cool thing. And so I find it, personally so much more helpful to be asking this question is like what is God already doing in this person's life that I can just join in with rather than how can I start this work of God in someone's life so the question what is God already doing in people's lives that we can be a part of and we get to have the fun of trying to trace over the lines that God has already been drawing in their lives so I know that many of you would have met Rich Nathan. He was the guest speaker at the, this year's Vineyard Conference. And um, your phone's dinging. <laughs> can, I, can I put it on, on silent? Is it all right? Have you seen that TV program, um, Michael McIntyre, that, that guy? And he does that thing where he's got a guest speaker and he does this send-to-all text. And, he, and they write this funny text and he just sends it to everyone on their list. I could do that to you. I could write a little note and say, like... Like, maybe, maybe I'll just turn it off. So just so you know, there's this thing you can do. You can send to all. So if you've got a friend, okay, you get their phone, they leave it on, you know, just a quick little text. It um, could get interesting. Anyway, Rich Nathan, um, he has got this church where they've just seen thousands of people come to faith. Really, it's just incredible. It's in, in Ohio. And uh, one of his pastors on his staff there did this doctorate program through the university. And um, what, he, what he did is, for his program is he did a whole lot of research on, well, what's the deal with all these people coming to faith? Like, and he spent just hundreds and hundreds of hours interviewing all of these people and um, just saying, like, how was it that you... Tell me about the circumstances when you came to faith. And there's this major theme occurred, and you might already know this, it might be very um, obvious to you, but, um, but he said so many of the people, they came to faith in the midst of a, um, a crisis, a life crisis. And he worked out that, as he's 
talking to people more, it's that there was these three types of crisis. There was like, a, like an internal crisis where it's either it's, um, you know, it's depression or addiction or just uh, suicidal thoughts or uh, just troubling memories from historic events. And, and about two-thirds of the people... That was, that was in the mix for them um, at that time. There's relational crises, which is around your um, spouse or children or parents or whatever. And um, you know, obviously with you know, separation and divorce being a huge one of those. Um, and again, um, for about half of the people, that was in the mix for them in terms of you know, the, um, these, you know, this life crisis. And then there was circumstantial things as well, which was... Uh, Loss of a job or a, um, a loved one, um, just challenges that have just sort of happened in terms of your circumstances. And obviously, you know, a lot of these people had more than one thing going on um, with that. And um, there's a guy called John Owen, who's a was a Puritan scholar, and he said this: the Holy Spirit directs the course of a person's life, bringing a fugitive sinner to a place of conviction and personal crisis where he or she is intellectually and existentially ready for the gospel. So, you know, when we, when we bump into someone that is in the middle of some really tough thing, very, very likely that they are either close to or have got to the end of their own human resources and they just don't know what to do. And they just don't know what to do. And, and often in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit is preparing their heart to to hear about Jesus, to hear about there is help beyond your own resources, the love and power of God. And um, and I'll tell you something else too, is that sometimes, sometimes it's not just um, what looks like the really bad things that in people's lives that bring them to a crisis. Sometimes people... Um, in the midst of their success, can, can realize they've been working their whole life to get this certain thing, and then they get to it, and they go like, what, what is this? This, is, this has been everything I've been pouring my life into, and as I've, I've achieved it, there's just emptiness, and, there's, and they, can, they can find crisis in the midst of that. So one of the coolest things that we can do is just to be partnering with God like I was saying, is just be recognizing that God is at work in people's lives, coming alongside them, and just, um, you know, trying to, trying to see what, see what, work out what God's doing. That's the, that's the bit that we do. We just sort of try and figure out what, what's God doing in their life and try and be a, be a part of it. It's one of the coolest things to be a part of that. If you're, if you're into writing things down, which you may not be, I know you've had an hour's less sleep, and, um, but, these six things have, have really helped me when it comes to uh, just this whole thing of having a, a handout for the sake of others. Six things that matter, okay? So if you want to write these down, here's the first one. Love matters. Love matters. Again, the Apostle Paul, he says this in Second uh, Corinthians 5.14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he's talking about that in the midst of, of like what stirs people to want to, to see others come to faith. And he was a particularly um, 
gifted evangelist, one that would, um, and just so committed to what um, he felt God had called him to, was to see people come to faith. But he's saying that this, this whole thing of reaching out to others, it must be compelled by love. And let me throw this question out to you. Is, um, you know, do you, do you have love for, for people that aren't part of the church? You know, um, do you avoid people that aren't churchy people? Because uh, the church's job is not to judge the world. It's to, it's to be having this hand out in love. And so, you know, there can be things that, you know, they, just, they can just bug us. Just like, man, I... I just don't like the way this, this person that they, I just don't like that they, that they just sleep around all the time. I'm just, I just don't want those kind of people you know, around me. Or maybe it's, it's their sexual orientation. You go like, I just don't want those kind of people around me. Or maybe it's, maybe it's how they, you know, what they do with their money or their political views or it's their language or their bad habits. And you just go like, I just don't want those people around me. And God's, you know, his challenge to us is that will, will we love them? Will we love them? Will we still reach out to them? And I know that one of the things I often encourage you to do, and I'm glad as a church that this happens, is that, you know, if, if you're a little bit, if it's a challenge for you to talk to people about, about Jesus, then why don't you just invite them along to church? Just, you know, that's a, that's a great start. You know, we, we work pretty hard at making this a place that, uh, that people can enjoy coming to, and even if they have never been to church before, and we try and, Try not to talk about, uh, use, use language that people don't understand. And we, um, you know, we put on coffee and we, most of the time it's clean. And it's, uh, but, um, but if people came along here and, uh, you know, would, we, would our hearts be open to them? I know that we've got a wonderful welcome team, but what if they then come and sit, sit next to you and they, they smell you might think, and I've got one of those right today. I've got one of those. <laughs> um, or, you know, you've got someone comes in and they've got a satanic T-shirt on and they sit right down next to your kids and you're going like, you know, we, we, are our hearts open to these people? Yeah, so, um, have, you ever, have, you, have you ever met anyone... And they just give you the creeps. Anybody? Yeah, everyone's going, yeah. But, you know, it's, these are the people that need Jesus. And if they come into our church and they sit next to us, how are we going to love them? Some people are awkward. You talk to them and you ask them questions and they just say, yes. And they just sort of stare at you. And it's like, it's hard. It's like, how, what do I do? Help. Are we going to love them? You know, we. That's one of the things that people have talked about. Coast is that we do have our arms open, but we need to keep reminding ourselves that we need to keep them open. Oh, yeah. So love matters. Second thing, if you're writing things down, is that prayer matters. You know, if you're wanting to. If you think of something like, oh, I would so love for this person to find God. And, but 
you know, the first person to talk to is not them. It's to talk to God about them and say, God, help. You know, when we know that prayer is important and sometimes it can, you know, we sort of can forget about it and we can sort of do everything else but it and then we go, oh, that's right, prayer. Um, now I'm going to tell you something that may surprise you, that um, as a young lad I wasn't always the outstanding pillar of society that I am today. So <laughs> a, little bit, um, a little bit annoying to parents and teachers and... Um, um, I know you find that hard to believe. So. Um, but uh, when, I was, when I was 16, like I say, came, came to faith, like genuinely came to faith. I know um, John Wesley again talks about his conversion experience and he, and he just talks about this, how he had this assurance of his salvation. Now, I grew up in the church, but it was, it was a, I can remember a point in time when I was 16 years old where I said, okay, God, I re- this, is, this is me giving my life to you. And just had this deep sense of assurance of my salvation, and um, and you know I'm convinced that that came about because of the prayers of my mum. My mum, she's a, she's a praying lady, and um, I probably gave her plenty of good reason to pray, and um, she probably uh, a lot of it was probably oh God, <laughs> please that Matt boy, please. Um, but you know, I, I love reading about some of the, the heroes of our faith, some of these these Christians throughout the history of the church that have just felt this passionate call to be be reaching out and helping people come to faith. And and what I love about hearing those stories when you hear, you hear about these just hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that that would come to know God through their through their um, their work and their ministry. But what I love about all of them is just that they're praying people. And it's just so inspiring to me is to, is to pray. Prayer's where it all begins. And uh, my guess is that if you're here today, you're a Christian here today, that um, you probably are a Christian because someone was praying for you. Some of you can probably go, I know, I know who that was. Probably for a lot of you, it is your mum or your auntie or your grandma. But someone prayed for you. So prayer matters. Third thing to throw out there this morning is proximity matters. Been quite clever. Have you seen that? It's um, there's prayer. There's proximity matters. There is prayer matters. But the first one was love matters. So that's where the peat fell down. But I was aiming for it. But proximity matters. Yeah, you can be the you can be the most incredible evangelist in the whole world, but if you're if you're not anywhere near anyone, it's not going to make any difference. You got to you got to get around people. Um, and one of the challenges for us in the church is that a lot of what we do is that we hang out with people who are in the church, which is awesome because I mean, look around, people. It's like these are awesome people to hang out with, aren't they? Yep. You go, yeah, yeah, most of them, yeah, most of them, yep. <laughs> um. And so we've got to, you know, we've got to get close to people. At, again, at that the, the Vineyard Conference just earlier this year, and Rich Nathan spoke a little bit about this whole thing of evangelism, and he just had this time of praying that God would, would speak to people about people in their lives. And I did that, and I had these two people just pop into my head, clear as clear as clear as clear. And one's um, at, out, in, out in West Auckland, a guy that um, I know that many of you know that I sort of work 
sort of half time in the church and half time at this other job in West Auckland, and it was this guy at my work, just clear as clear. And another one was um, was a person that was more local here, um, up in Silverdale. Both of them wasn't thinking about them before in terms of this whole thing of like I need to make a special effort. Both of them popped into my head, and I and I thought I've just got to, I just got to make an effort now. I've got to make this work, and so sort of changing the way I do things so that I just get more time with them and just be building that relationship and talking to them about, um, about the big things of life. So I know I may have told you that, about this before, but um, I have had this guy cut my hair for over 10 years now. So when he first started cutting my hair, he was just, a, I think, a 20-year-old young guy. And, um, and he's, a, I mean, he's, a, he's a great guy. And um, he uh, he's into similar things that we're into. You know, we're always talking about fishing and talking about. Um, he's right into um, old movies, which I love as well. And so I've seen him go from his twenty-year-old. You know, and I've seen him getting you know different tattoos he's added, and he's dead. You know, he's now he's he's got a uh, he's got a daughter. And um, but just over the years, we just talk more and more about the things of faith. I remember talking to him one time about. Um, you know, the how uh, someone in our church got, got healed that we prayed for them. And he was kind of like, really? He's like, he's just so interested. Like, how does that work? You know, like, and, um, but, you know, he's someone that I know that he's going to come along here at some point. He lives, he lives quite a way away, but um, um, he's not a Christian yet. But every time we, we talk, there's more and more that he's, his, you know, you get to see he's just, he's just open to things. Ten years. But I, I, I've thought about going to other people to cut my hair, but I just think, like, I'm just being deliberate. I just wanted, like, building this relationship. And, you know, for most of us, there's two places where we, um, where we spend most of our time. Normally, normally you'll spend your life like this. A third of it at work, a third of it sleeping, and a third of it doing a whole bunch of other stuff. Just, um, does that make sense? About right? Yep. Um, not four-month blocks. You know, twenty-four hour blocks. Okay, and um, and but for the most of the most of us, we spend most of our time at work and at home, and so those are people where we're around. You know, where we live and where we work. So a lot of people think, God, you know, send me to Africa or send me to Mongolia or send me somewhere, and I can be a great missionary. And and um, but maybe we should also be saying, God. Give me eyes to see the people that are that are right here at my work and my next door neighbours. Now we've um, uh, our next door neighbours, our actual next door neighbours, are um, come along regularly here to church and and um, just through building relationship and connecting and you know it's a it's a it's a cool thing. So start looking around where the people are that you're just rubbing shoulders with. Proximity matters. Fourth thing, we're nearly there, rumbling along, is that your story matters. You know, one of the great, greatest things that uh, can testify to the reality of the gospel is your story. There's something really, really powerful about sharing your own, your own story. And John chapter 9 there's a great story in the, in the Bible uh, where Jesus heals this blind man. So this guy's blind and gets prayed for, miraculous, he, he can see. And there was a lot of the religious leaders, they were just really 
didn't get Jesus and they were trying to, trying to work out, this guy's a bit of a troublemaker. He's sort of undermining us a little bit because he does all this stuff and people are like uh, following him. And, and so they're trying to kind of quiet him down. So they're looking for reasons to quiet him down. And they find this blind man and that can now see and they go, what the heck's going on here? Well, that, I don't say what the heck, but that's my translation. What is going on here? What, what happened? What is, what is this man? Who, tell me about him. And he goes, dude, I don't know what happened. I'm just like, I was, here's what I know. I was blind and now I can see. And I was like, I think, isn't that so good? Like, this is a guy who hasn't been to, you know, Bible college or, known, you know, done courses about evangelism or anything. And, you know, he doesn't know about any of it, all this stuff. And um, he's just going, all I know is that I was blind and now I see it. it's his story. That's his story. That's all he, that's all he knows. I was blind, but now I see I knew this would happen. I pressed a button on this, and it's just like it's got my tax things up there now, and um, my emails there. Everyone says you've got to use iPads, so just the just it's like there's an email there. I should probably have sent that one. That's um, there's another one. Ah, uh, why don't you just um? What I'm going to do. I have to plug my keyboard in. Hang on, this might work. No, that's not work. Okay. So what are we talking about? We're talking about telling your story. I'll just forget that. I'll just, um, we'll just roll with it. I'll try and remember the last two. I probably won't, though. I was up too, too late last night and joined the wedding. Um, but each of us have got a story. You know, we've got our own story. And it's, uh, it's, sometimes you think, like, oh, yeah, but my story's not like, I was a blind man and now I can see. It's, but, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's your story. It's real. No one can say, like, that's not real. It's your story. It's your journey. And I've had, you know, I've had seasons in my life as a Christian where you, know, you just rumble along and life's pretty humdrum. And, but, um, but then there's been other seasons too where you've just seen the incredible power of God and miraculous things happen. And, um, you know, it really is. It's, uh, it's, it's very, very cool. I am going to go looking for this, so why don't you, all right, we're back. So what's your story? One of the things that um, sometimes you think like, yeah, but it's, I don't know how to share my story. And, uh, and that's fair enough. I'll tell you something that you could do, though, is practice telling your story to people here. That it's like, that's, a, that's pretty easy to do. And just, just get into the groove of, like, telling your story. Um, I know that Jacinda talked about this lunch today. Like, I know that um, f- for, the, for the men, it's just like, again, this, this men's lunch, it's just an easy thing. We just like to provide an opportunity. It's low-key. We're... You know, men can just get together, eat food, and just hang out. But, you know, for those of us that are going there, why don't we ask the person next to us, tell me your story? 
Tell me your story. Tell me about, about God in your life. It just be so, so encouraging. Because your, your story matters, you know. Your story matters. Fifth thing is your invitation matters. Again, in the scriptures, in John, there's a story of uh, Jesus and he met a woman that was coming to a well. And the, they had this conversation and it was just profound for her and life-changing. And she headed back to her village and then just started going like, you've got to come and see this guy. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. So after this lady encountered Jesus, she just said, like, you've got you've to come and see this. She just invited everyone. She says, come and see, come and see. Those are three very powerful words, come and see. Come and see. And it's something that we can do. We can invite people to Ellen to church. We can invite people to a home group. We can invite people. We've got a quiz night coming up at church. We can invite them to a quiz night. Invite them to your breakfast club or the book club or invite them to the men's lunch. We have them every, every month. Just, just come and see. Invitation matters. And the last thing here, just uh, before we finish, is that faithfulness. Faithfulness matters. I just love the, this, the story of um, that... Um, that Pete and Trish talk uh, of their uh, of Pete's mother, and um, you know she she passed away earlier this year, and um, and she came to faith very late in life, only two or two or three years ago. Pete, yeah, and um, but Pete and his and his family have been praying for her for for years and years and years. Pete in particular, and and you know a number of Pete's family have come to faith through those guys, just their faithful praying. But like years, you know, faithfulness matters. And sometimes when we're praying for people or we, we're talking to people about Jesus and it seems like nothing happens, it's like, oh, I just want to give up, you know. It's just as hard. But, but, but keep going. Like, I, like that, that story of, of Pete's mother, and, and, you know, it just is inspiring to me, you know, that we just faithfulness matters. We're, we're, we're called to, to keep going and to never give up. So did you get all those things? Love matters. Proximity matters. Prayer matters. Your story matters. Invitation matters. And faithfulness matters. And I really hope that something of this morning will just plant in your heart, just a reminder that, yes, we're grateful for all God's doing in our lives, but what a wonderful thing it will be to have a handout and to be inviting others into this journey as well. Why don't we all stand together? Like I say, you may be here this morning and, and you may not, may not know Jesus. And you may be looking around and thinking, there's something about what's going on here that's, that's a good thing. And, uh, and if that's you this morning, if you're thinking, like, I want in on this thing. I want in on this thing of a, of a God-saved life. I want to, I want to be in on, on living this life where, where I can experience forgiveness i can have a confidence of the of the hope of eternal life i can have uh 
the access to the love and power of, of God. If that's you, why don't you, just, just as we're standing here, I'd just love you just to pop your hand up. If that's you, and I know that there are people here and they might see you, but that's, this, is, this is worth doing. Okay, so if anyone here... And also my guess is this morning that for many of you, you're thinking, oh, that's right. This is, this is part of the adventure of following Jesus, is playing our part to help others to find him. And you're just stirred again in your, in your heart. And you're just going, yeah, that's right. I've been kind of head down on this and into this and into that and and that's right I do have neighbors I do have people at my work and and you're just you're just going yeah you know I want to be part of that again of just um just partnering partnering with God and and what he's doing and um and seeing being a part of that incredible joy of seeing people come to know him and having their lives changed and so if that's you this morning I'd just like to pray for you. So if, if, and I'd love to just pray that um, for God to, to release wisdom, courage, opportunity. So, so can we, let's just, let's just pray together. And if that's you, can I just, you know, one of the things that we often say to people is that if you're wanting something from God, sometimes it's helpful just to hold your hands out in front of you as if you're, as if you're receiving a gift. Something about just that physical act of, holding your hands out often just opens your heart up to what, what God would have. So, so if you'd like to do that, feel free to do that. But God, I pray now. God, I pray for each one of us. I pray for myself. God, plant plant a stirring, an increased stirring in my heart, God, for, for other people. God, plant love in my heart. Plant the love that you have for others into my heart so that I would see people and see how much they need you, God, and to, and that I would be stirred, God, to to play my part. God, I pray that you'd plant in my in each of our hearts courage. I pray that you would plant in us wisdom and revelation, God, that we would be able to see what's happening in people's lives a little more than we do now. Help us to to come alongside people that are in crisis. And provide them an answer that will, will, will help them to find you, God. God, I pray that you would plant in our minds and our hearts specific people, even now, God, just as we're waiting on you. I pray that you would bring people towards us, God. That we would be able to help on their journey to, in, in knowing you and in their journey of faith. God, I pray for the, for the people in our community, God, that uh, uh, are exploring faith, have just got this 
the spirituality about them and they just don't know what to do with it, God, that you would, you would help us connect with them in a way that is going to help them in that journey. anyone here this morning that really is feels like this this is something that is a big thing for me this whole thing of of reaching out to others and you go like you know i i want to be a person that uh, that does that what i'd love to offer this morning is to have some is for you to come up come up the front here we'll close the service but we'll get people just to gather around you and just pray there's something about others around laying a hand on you and praying that that God just uses that and releases things in people's lives. So if it's something that you you are thinking, I would love to be that person. I would love to be that person that would just somehow God would use to see people come to faith more than more and more and more. Then I just encourage you come and, and have some people gather around and we'll just pray. Pray and just just have that uh, that that impartation that that comes from that so it sound all right okay i don't know it's not i know it won't be everyone but um there might just be some people this morning that will go yep yep that's me all right let me just pray and close the service so god i just thank you i thank you for saving me i thank you for the people that told me about your love and your power and your forgiveness and your life and god May we take away today that heart and desire, God, and, and the courage and the faith to, to, to play our part in partnering with you to see others come to know you also. Pray that you would bless each person that's here. Bless, bless each one, God, as they go out into their, their workplaces and their homes and, and their sports teams and their schools, their universities, God, that you would bless them, God, that you would bless them as light in a, in a, in a dark world, God. Amen. Amen. Well, well, we'll call that the end of church for this morning. Thank you.